It is recording now. It is. Are we going to discuss more of the lesbian dorm porn? Uh, well, that's kind of a tongue twister, though. Uh, that's funny. I bet it is. Oh, see what <laughs> I did there? <laughs> you didn't mean to do that. <laughs> if you're doing it right, it is. <laughs> you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 184, side A. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about some very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we are going to talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, whatever caught our eye this week. My name is Bullet, and I'm joined by Hollow Bob. Hello. And Boy Sweat. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) This week, we're going to talk about the Netflix series Jupiter's Legacy. The new Jason Statham film, Man of Wrath, and the docuseries, Sons of Sam. Note to self, always check what he writes in as the names. <laughs> I embrace it. Just embrace it. <laughs> Speaking of embracing, this is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We're going to try not to, we're going to try actually to avoid major twists, but, um, if we're talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, and you're very into it, use your own discretion. Again, I promise we're not going to do it on purpose, but, I mean, who knows? What's happening in the news? There's a lot of news here. Rob, what you got? There, There is a bit of news, and this isn't something that we normally talk about, but I thought it was kind of cool. It, it melds technology and my field. Um, they have apparently improved on some, some technology that they have that allows paralyzed people to think of letters and have it converted into text. Oh, cool. That's mind-blowing. That's awesome. So it, it basically reads the section of the brain where they, would f- where they would formulate what their hand would do if they were writing a letter. You know, so they would write the letter A, and they think about making their hand write the letter A, and this this little chip that they have implanted in their brain interprets that as the letter A and puts it into text. Now, right now, it's kind of it's 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 kind of you know labor intensive because the the chip still has to learn the person, and there still has to be somebody to program it and all of this. But you know, the hopes are that you know someone will pick this up and run with it and develop a more streamlined streamlined interface where you know people can do this on their own with minimal you know remote assistance or whatever so i i thought it was i thought it was a cool you know a cool little tidbit you know getting a little bit closer to uh johnny mnemonic and having hard drives installed in our heads yeah so like first of all that is very cool but a few years ago there was a game that came out it was like a jedi game Mm -hmm. where they you'd put something on your head and you could control, like, make, like, a sphere float or something like that. I, I didn't look too closely, but it was a thing that went... I thought it was a joke at first. But it was a real thing. 
And all I could think about is the fact that it was like twenty nine ninety nine, and there were children going to be placing these electrodes on their head and concentrating really hard on stuff happening. And I got a very strong, as you said, Johnny Mnemonic uh, vibe, accidental Tron feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But knowing that this is actual science behind it and doctors and programmers and things like that, and there aren't going to be children, you know, making themselves comatose by concentrating too hard on the Toyota. Uh, I'm, 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 it's cool. It's very cool. Science rules. The, the, usually the like life cycle of new technology is that, you know, at first it's a little bit cumbersome. It's a little bit, you know, difficult or whatever, but the fact that this exists means, you know, we're probably 80 or 90% of the way to something that, that will be a total game changer. I mean, that's so awesome. Yep. 80 to 90% right there to Terminator 2. <laughs> Hell yeah. I call it Skynet. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Cue a, Good time. Cue a tank tread rolling over Omar's skull. <laughs> Wait, but I'm still alive. Oh, not anymore. <laughs> no, you're done. Yeah, that's it. Very, very cool. So what I came across – I also came across another story, you know, moving on from the from the healthcare field, that one of my favorite cartoons growing up is actually getting a new feature-length film. Now, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about this because the last one was absolutely horrendous. And I love the show. I loved the show. Um, and this was when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. But several of the Adult Swim favorites are getting new feature-length movies. And those series are Metalocalypse, The Venture Brothers, and the one I was talking about is Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yes! I I did really enjoy that show. Really liked it. But the movie was just dumb. I never saw it. I loved the show. You weren't missing much. It wasn't good. I was just like, okay, and, you know. I thought it would be more like what we get in the in the shows, but it was a lot of dumb stuff. So, did you guys watch any of those shows? I Not watched Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Not. I didn't have cable back then because I was a poor college student. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was right when a lot of the the file share things came out, and. A friend of mine actually put them on, put a bunch of them on a zip disc for me. Oh, that's funny. Oh, excellent. So I watched them, and then eventually I watched them much later in the cycle. So they were it was already off the air by the time I watched it. I only saw a little bit of each of them, but like the one I remember the most is Metalocalypse. Yeah, people were always so offended by by Meatwad because that was my <laughs> that was my icon. It was my icon for a very long time on chat boards and things like that, and people were always like, "Ew, gross! What is that?" Yeah, if you don't know what it is, it does look pretty gross. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> so, excellent. Uh, I've got, well, I, we have Venom trailer on here as well. The new Venom trailer did come out. I didn't put it on there, but I don't know if you guys saw it. I'm pretty sure you did. I, I watched it today. It's awesome. I even it's, made Jen watch it. It was posted in the chat room. Um, definitely, it's uh, it introduced Carnage. It's a Venom something carnage right let there be carnage or rise of carnage carnage, or 
Venom, let there be let carnage. There be carnage. Yep. The wrath of carnage. The carnage two electric boogaloo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, one of those. It it you know, it leaned in on the the humor. Um, I thought the the tone is interesting because you know carnage is severe serial killer, and I and they definitely did the you know the the uh, venom Eddie Brock thing where Eddie, where Eddie Brock is like trying to control venom. I liked, and I think that the introduction of Carnage will throw that off in a good in a good way. Yeah, so it looked good. I, um, I good. I really, I really liked the the first the the first couple of like minute or two of the trailer with uh, Venom making breakfast while Eddie Brock is making is making coffee. So good, and Eddie's just like, oh my god, I can't fucking deal with this because Venom is like turning on the radio, he's singing along, he's cooking like everything, making a huge ass mess. And he's Eddie just ten, if you haven't seen it, he's just tendrils coming out of Eddie Brock's back. Yeah, What's tendrils with the mind of their own, doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah. it was. And it was great. He sits down, and Venom throws the food down in front of him, and he's like, he's like, ooh, and then he goes, "Do you want some ketchup?" And he grabs the <laughs> bottle and squeezes it in front of him, and it like explodes all over Eddie Brock, and Venom just goes, "Yummy!" <laughs> and there's a sign on the fridge that says like. I don't eat humans or something like that. No eating No humans. eating people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the best part. I love that. I, the, the end of the trailer with Mrs. Chen. That yes. was great. She's like, uh, sorry about the chocolate order. It's like, I would like to eat Mrs. Chen. You cannot eat Mrs. Chen. <laughs> and she's like, look on her face Because no one else can hear what Venom is saying. <laughs> so um, it's, of course, out. We don't need to describe this anymore. It, look, it looks fun. I I think Rob liked the first Venom movie better than I did. I, it was a good background movie for me, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it definitely something I'll see again, or the the second one. But I have my to, kid loved this trailer. I have to say that yeah, the trailer like just in general, it's a really good trailer. Like it starts off with the funny stuff with the kitchen, and then mm-hmm. when they get serious and they get into the nitty gritty of of like Carnage, Woody Harrelson, of course, Woody Harrelson does mention. a great job. But like I, the tone, they do such a good job of shifting the tone from the funny kitchen scene to like the bulk of the movie with Carnage, and then back to the funny thing at the end. Like they do that like sandwich thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I I I really thought this was a. I mean, I'm not a trailer guy. I believe that usually trailers give away too much info. This was awesome. It was really really good. It was an effective trailer. It was very effective. It made me I'm, I'm ready to see this movie. I think this is going it- to be the first movie. I see in the theater post lockdown. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, I got some news here. Uh, do you want the sad news or the important or the very important food news? Let's go with the food Let's first. Say- oh, I was going to say uh, I was saying sad, sad and then clean the yeah. palate. Okay, all right, yes. fair enough. Okay. Okay. Like an emotion. Uh, got it. A couple days or about a week ago, I of course am up very late. I was looking around on on the uh Twitter page of the Gibby Five podcast, and we of course have a lot of '80s hair metal bands that we follow on there. Mm-hmm. Probably because I'm in control of the Twitter page for the Gibby Five podcast. Was <laughs> <laughs> at, at Gibby Five Pod. Uh, so I was f- looking at a couple pages, and they were all saying talking about Tani Katane, who was of course a video vixen, was in the uh, rolling around on the hood of a car in uh, the. Uh, White Snake videos and was on the cover of Rat albums and things like that. And then people, of course, after someone says that someone had passed away, and these were people that were big names, 
you know, it was Eddie Trunk and you know, people that know what they're talking about, people that are not just going to put that out there. Um, uh, Ricky Rackman, you know, things like that. Yeah. And, of course, people are like, well, it didn't – there's no official notification. But anyway, Tawny Katane has uh, passed away. She was a uh, video vixen. She was in movies. She was uh, married to David Coverdale from – from. Uh, I, keep, I always want to say Great White, but I know it's not White that. White Snake. Yeah. The uh, 80s version of Led Zeppelin, basically. Well, yeah, uh, I remember David Coverdale did a record with uh, Jimmy Page. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Coverdale Page. That was a good album. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that in years. Yeah. Uh, they uh, so she passed away. She had had some trouble, and I, I always am hesitant to talk too much about the troubles people have. You know, when they're after they pass, but she cleaned herself up. Um, they the police did talk to the family and say there was nothing found, no drug paraphernalia, no mm-hmm. alcohol, no nothing, um, no suicide type situation at this point that we know of. Uh, her father had just passed away a couple weeks before, and they were very very close. So it is possible that's one of those situations. The, you know, the the funeral approaching and just kind of br- her brother said he, she died of a broken heart, and wow. I'm always hesitant on that because it sounds very romantic. And but I also heard someone else just say that about somebody. So um, we'll we'll just let that pass. Um, I have a weird connection because uh, she got arrested not too long ago for beating up her second husband, who is uh, the baseball pitcher, Chuck Finley. Really? Yeah. Um, she beat the hell out of him. Uh, so bad that he had to miss... This was years ago, but um, he had to miss a pitching start because she basically fucked him up with a uh, her stiletto. She was just kicking him, and it gouged into him. And there, there was not a lot of details about his injuries, but he did miss a start. And there was no scratches on her, meaning that he just basically let her because, you know, if he had done anything back, then he would be in prison. Right. Um, but the weird thing was is it happened a few weeks after I met Chuck Finley. Oh, wow. And I had this weird thing with him because I was – I got to go backstage at a punk concert, and you guys know me. I don't look like I should be at a backstage at a punk concert at all. You got me backstage at a punk concert. <laughs> I did get you backstage at a punk you went concert. Went to the me first show, remember? Like three eleven yep, yep. was there. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was the same situation. So I got to go backstage at a punk concert, and I was actually sitting sitting around talking to the dudes from Bad Religion and no and no effects, and they were like mocking this tall, athletic dude because he was there in town because of spring training. Uh, it was a it was a show in in March of that year, and we were hanging out and. I just remembered. Is it down here? Yeah, is it uh, House of Blues uh, in Orlando? Yeah. At Disney, and I just remember this super tall, athletic-looking dude, and I recognized him at the time. And they were like, and the punks were just kind of like mocking him because he was an athlete. And it was this weird situation where I was the only person that he was going to talk that he was talking to, because every time he talked to them, they were just like, "Ooh." So I ended up like being his like buddy for the evening. And I was like, and it was weird because major pitcher, right, you know, right. and he was like gravitating towards hanging out with me because I was the only other person there that didn't look like, you know, I didn't have like a, a, a pin in his face or something. <laughs> and then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I find out that he was involved and you didn't know what this was because it was early 2000s. So not the news didn't spread quite as fast on the Internet that he was involved in a domestic 
dispute. And I was like, that sucks because he was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, you later on when the news comes out that she was arrested and he was fine. It was just kind of a weird situation. But, you know, it's a kind of a long story for someone who passed away for Tony, the, her, his ex-wife. But it was just kind of a weird because he, ta- he was talking about her a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit, I know of her. And of course, he's like, yeah, every guy does. <laughs> every, every dude who was alive at that time yeah. remembers her dancing around on jaguar hoods. Yeah, exactly. So, either way, rest in peace. I'm sorry that, you know, that she finally got her act cleaned up, it seems like, and got clean and then passed away. But, uh, you know, as, as I said in the, the chat room, this will be the only funeral to use the word schwing. <laughs> and now the very important food news. Very important food news. Guys. <laughs> guys, what are the five monster cereals from General Mills that come out every Halloween? Booberry. Booberry, Frankenberry, Count, Count Chocula. Chocula. Um, One of them, I uh, think Egypt. Oh, the what? mummy. Yeah, the yep. mummy one. Mummy shit. I can't remember what The Fruity Yummy Mummy. Okay. Oh, not the first I'm surprised Omar didn't remember not that. Not the first time I've been called that. That was his nickname when he was in college. <laughs> the Fruity Yummy Mummy. The Fruity Yummy Mummy. <laughs> yes. And uh, the other one, which uh, was also at around the same time, like they, or they would do either do Fruity Yummy Mummy or the other one, and they'd kind of bounce back and forth, was Fruit Brute. The Fruit Brute was around more in the 70s. Oh, okay. Mm. But... You know, you guys weren't going to win anything anyway, so it's not a big deal. But anyway, 50th anniversary of those cereals. And in honor of those cereals, they are releasing the Monster Mash, no. which is a combination of those cereals. So this year. And when is this supposed to happen? Halloween of 2021. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Mm. Their official press release, which they did not send to us for some reason, despite the fact that I am literally their key demographic. <laughs> dude that likes monsters and eats too much sugar uh after 50 years on the scene the monsters reunite to mash for the first time ever the monsters are coming together in one scary delicious bowl of cereal yes they're coming together in your bowl of cereal they did the mash the monster mash the world's most monster group is back together for a limited edition cereal and record their uh, and yeah and then i guess the the cover of the box is very cool it looks like a you know in the 70s everything was like always like they're in a band together Right. Uh, like you know, Partridge Family right, and right. whatever. So it's kind of like that. Um, basically, they're they're mixing the Booberry and Frankenberry cereal with all of the marshmallows from all the other ones. Have you seen those new cups? That's like uh, milk at the bottom and then the cereal at the top, and then you like just kind of drink it all at once. I have not. Yeah, I just got one for for my daughter for her birthday. Yeah. This year, here's what I'm predicting: we're gonna walk around. <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights <laughs> with one of those cups full of like all five of those cereals mixed together. Probably, I assume, rum or something in there as well, but whatever. I- I'm wiping a tear from my eye <laughs> right now. Okay. Oops. Done. Set. I'm going to mark it in my calendar. So is Excellent. it not until Halloween or is it like for the month of Halloween? So we can expect it in like October. It'll be, it'll be probably late September, I would assume. Yeah, it usually okay. comes late September. It'll be released in time for Halloween. Yeah. It's usually the whole Next. month. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, that that's getting purchased. Hell yeah. Po- possibly not eaten because my um, pancreas will explode. <laughs> but, Or you just buy a whole bunch of boxes so you can scalp them online. 
true. That's actually, true. I was thinking that that's probably going to happen. Those boxes are going to be going for like 30 bucks a pop. Yep. Uh, Don't tell all of our listeners our secret plan. Okay, well, this is just... Anyway, we have done a lot of news. Let's do our topics. <laughs> do, do, do you want a WTF moment? Oh, oh yes, sorry. Uh, man, we've, we've done so much news that I forgot about the state we live in. Can we do a quick one? Um, we can. Okay, make it happen. I will, I will do this one because this one actually made me laugh. I was like, you, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> so our story for today is about a 48-year-old Lakeland man who was That's arrested the problem right there. for driving under the influence of alcohol and possession of cocaine. And the problem is, is that during his DUI arrest, he was hiding cocaine in his anus. <laughs> okay. Like that's why you always hide your cocaine in someone else's anus. <laughs> when the cop handcuffed him, he I handcuffed him with tribute. two handcuffs for comfort concerns. Handcuffed him with two handcuffs and stuck him in the back of the patrol car. And while the cop was filling out paperwork, he was looking in the mirror, watching this guy pull bags of powdery substance out of his pocket and insert them into his rectum. Oh my god! So he's doing this shit in the cop car. <laughs> Aren't there? There's cameras in the cop car. <laughs> in the cop car. First of all, he's I want to... sticking bags of cocaine in his butt. I want to applaud this guy's... Wherewithal while he's intoxicated? <laughs> like, his, his, uh, his command of his rectum is, is impressive. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's like a hell of a whim decision. Yeah, when when the deputy pulled him over, he he had bloodshot, watery eyes. He had slurred speech, and he was speaking in Spanish. He had trouble performing tasks. the <laughs> The deputy asked him to get out of the vehicle. Wait, he had trouble performing tasks, yet he could deftly pull bags yeah. of cocaine yeah. from his pocket, put them in his anus while in handcuffs. We just killed Omar. <laughs> yeah, and he he got him to get out of the car when he pulled him over and he forgot to put the car in park and it started to roll away. <laughs> and the deputy had to jump into the vehicle and put it in park. Oh my God. Hey. Walking so, not so much. The cor- yeah. Cor- walking not so much. Stuff Sticking in stuff in your anus. You, you've got that on lock. All right. <laughs> oh my God. What a great day. <laughs> so, and then the deputy searched his truck and found more cocaine and a bag of marijuana. So there you go. Thanks for that. Good bro. work. Good find. Oh my God. Well, Marty Martinez. If you <laughs> would like to be a part of the show and support us, you can join our Patreon. Uh, and you too could say ridiculous stuff that makes Omar almost die. Oh my God. <clears throat> um, it's just five dollars a month, and that helps us out ex- uh, huge amounts. Uh, and we do a little bit of stuff for you. We let you guys into our Discord chat where we talk about all this stuff and new movie releases and trailers and all sorts of fun pop culture-y things, and there's some chat about toys, and just it's fun. It's fun in there. New music, new movies. Uh, we also uh, do a patron episode, which we actually recorded one last night for our patrons, patron-only episode, uh, where we had a really cool topic. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, 80s movies and 
and what 80s movies you would suggest to people if they had never seen an 80s movie. Uh, basically, the youngsters, you know, all these people that are that ruin our lives by talking about how they were born in the year like 2004, and, and like they're driving and stuff. So, what's that all about? But um, yeah, we have a good time with that. There are higher levels that help us out even more, and uh, that allows you to to curate your own show. We I did talk to our patron of uh, of Unusual Size, and he is going to curate an episode. We are. The, these guys don't even know it yet. Mike, my two co-hosts here. Mm. There's, there are talks about some potential fun with with the patron. I so he might like join us in fun. the near future. So be aware that that might be coming up. Excellent. So thank you, Alec, on that thank one. Thank you, Alec. And, uh, you know, you get access to the show notes and you get, yeah, you know, a bunch of fun stuff. So... That is our Patreon, patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Join us. Hi, Alec. Okay, now we're going to do the topics. All right, so our first topic will be a movie that I went to see, and I was very excited about just just the act of going to the movie. I know that that's one of the things that I've really missed since the whole pandemic thing happened. Just the ability to go to a movie, sit in a theater— and experience a movie that way. I, I'm, a, I'm a big movie guy. I love going to the theater. This movie, Man of Wrath, came out on May 7th of 2021. It's directed by Guy Ritchie. So you know it's going to be a little little action-packed and... and Quick maybe, cuts. Yeah, yeah. It's, its own style. And it stars Jason Statham, Colt McCallany. Josh Hartnett, Jeffrey Donovan, Scott Eastwood, Post Malone, Niam Algar, Laz Alonzo, Babs, oh God, Ulysen Moken, Ulysen Moken, and Eddie Marsan. So it's a Jason Statham movie. And the synopsis is Mysterious and Wild Eye. A new security guard for a cash truck surprises his co-workers when he unleashes precision skills during a heist. The crew is left wondering who he is and where he came from. Soon, the marksman's ultimate motive becomes clear as he takes dramatic and irrevocable steps to settle a score. Is that a correct uh, synopsis? For the most part, yeah. It's yeah. And this this movie is pretty much exactly what I expected from a Jason Statham movie. Which in this instance, was perfect because that's what I was going to see. I was completely expecting a Jason, Sta- a Jason Statham movie, and that's what I got. It had lots of action. It had a revenge protection one-man wrecking crew. It was a revenge-like slash protection slash one-man wrecking crew type of movie. It, it just totally delivered on what I was hoping for. Guy Ritchie and the writers did a great job of making you feel for the not so nice guy main character you know how that works yeah, where yeah. they they take a character who's not really all that sympathetic and kind of make you care they they basically turn the villain into the into the good guy yeah and breaking bad yeah and they did they also did a great job i'm sad to say of villainizing us military displaced veterans interesting and saying that makes me cringe a little bit yeah um, since we all know the struggles that combat veterans often have to cope with, I mean, they definitely deserve a much more 
they definitely deserve much more attention and positive support than what they actually receive. But, you know, these, these particular veterans end up being the villains, and the, the drug dealer, mob boss, bad guy ends up being the hero. And as far as the story goes, it kind of works. Now, the, the veterans are back. They're struggling to make ends meet. They're having trouble, you know, getting jobs and whatnot. So they decide to rob some, some armored trucks. And it, the movie really makes it seem like everybody is hitting armored trucks, and armored trucks are getting hit, like, every day. And it makes me wonder where the hell the police are during this whole thing. Um, but it's, like, really sophisticated. They're planning things out. They're setting traps for these armored trucks so that they can, you know, rob the armored trucks. And during one of these robberies, Jason Statham, who plays the mob boss, who is setting up a armored truck hit himself, ends up in the crossfire, and his son is executed. Like, he goes to get burritos, and they pull his son out of the car because he's close to the scene, and they lay him down on the pavement and then shoot him in the back. And Jason Statham sees this and comes running down. They shoot Jason Statham, and he ends up in the hospital. And then the whole plan to pose as an armored truck driver to find out who the guys were that were responsible for killing his son. Dropping the lead there. Is the burrito okay? The burrito got dropped. He threw it on the ground. (gasps) I can't can't see this movie. Too too sad. Burrito (laughs) abuse. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the whole thing is about him trying to get revenge for them killing his son. So, while he is, you know, like, they don't really specify what he goes into, but he's bad enough that the feds know who he is, and they, they're, they're pissed off about letting him go because they think that he's going to lead them to another score, or to, to another um, uh, ring of thieves, thieves or whatever. So, I mean, you get the feeling that he's, like, into drugs or some kind of uh, mob boss type thing. Burritos. Definitely into burrito abuse. So, I mean, all in all, it's a great action flick. It's Jason Statham. I mean, you know, you kind of get what you get from Jason Statham movies. And if that's what you're looking for, it'll deliver. Good action flick. Good good sequences. Uh, There's some nice driving, uh, you know. Yeah, I know. I believe cool. that with, with movies, you've got to be realistic about what you're walking into. This isn't Citizen Kane. It's Jason Statham, right? And and that's great. Don't go to Godzilla looking for plot. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and don't make a Godzilla movie if you're going to add plot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to do it, too. But no, nice. like, this sounds great. Like I would totally see this. Because that's, that's what I call a beer movie, right? Mm-hmm. Totally was. And I and I enjoyed the shit out of it. I enjoyed being in the theater, watching this action flick. And if you go early, you're it's still at the point where you're like the only one in the theater. I think I was like one of I was either alone or I was like one of like two people in the theater. Nice. Well, I I also want to talk about some crime. Mm. And I want this is true crime though. And I'm going to talk about the Son of Sons of Sam, a Descent into Darkness, which uh, was released on May 5th of 2021. Surprising me, I, it's weird because I never really know what's coming out on Netflix. You know, Friday nights I just kind of look at the screen and I'm like, "What just came out?" 
and big on true crime stuff. Uh, the 70s are such a weird decade for me because, yeah, I was born in the 70s, but, like... Right, we were born then, it just but seems we such a, It's just such it. a weird, ugly decade. Mm-hmm. Like, the fashion sucked. I'm not a big disco person. My my mom hears this. She's actually going to murder me for that statement. <laughs> with, like, a elevator shoe with, like, a fish in it. You like the Commodores. It's okay. She does like the Commodores. You do, too, I assume. Oh, yeah, she does. That's true. Yeah. Um, But anyway, like, you know, I was never a... It just I'm not a fan of the aesthetic of the 70s, but when I was watching vinyl which we talked about fairly recently and when I when I've been reading and all that it like I, every so often I get drawn to it when they go back and show it. So this uh show basically it's about um an author named Mari Terry, real dude, real dude. He had been an IBM guy. You know, if you look, think uh big mainframes and short sleeve shirts and ties and he's like nerdy dudes wandering around in these giant mainframes. Well, he was one of those and he after the David David Berkowitz murders, he either became obsessed or was investigating if David Berkowitz was the only son of Sam killer. Mm-hmm. Because it's possible that he wasn't. And I, first of all, I rolled my eyes super hard when I started, when they started with that. And then it occurred to me that people survived the son of Sam. And not a single one of them said it was him that did it, that shot him. Berkowitz. Yeah. Like, everyone that survived described someone completely different. And, and Berkowitz is, like, I could draw Berkowitz right now from memory. He's a weird-looking dude. He's a weird-looking guy, yeah. Yeah. And I'm allowed to say this. He, you know, he's a short, fat guy with a Jufro. <laughs> like, like, that's what he looks like. And no one drew that. So this guy saw that and was like, wait a second. This is weird. And then he kind of did a little more research and the last shooting Berkowitz was seen at a certain place and got a ticket at a certain place and then he would have had to run full speed to get to where the actual murder was now of course there weren't cameras everywhere there weren't you know not everyone is going to see someone on the street say hi to them and then immediately look at their watch and be like oh it was 204 when I said hi to this person so that was a little iffy but anyway four episodes first episode is about the son of sam killing and they show they don't show killings but the it's basically uh, they show what they do show is new york in the 70s holy fuck like i've never seen footage of what that place looked like in the 70s but i've heard stories about it have you ever seen footage of that i know omar's the history person but mm-hmm. this, i haven't new york in the 70s is not like it's shocking compared to what it is now. There, There is a reason why so many, like, Escape from New York and Escape from the Bronx and the Warriors and all these, like, post-apocalyptic shows came out star in New York. Like, they show this, they show one picture of, like, you know the, right at the top of an on-ramp where there's, like, that little triangle where there's always, like, where the, the guardrail ends and there's, like, that little triangle of, like, oh, shit, I missed my exit that you can kind of pull through. <laughs> um there's like a shot of one of those that just has a burnt out car just sitting there and you could tell it's been there for a long time on the major middle of a major highway just there wow yeah there was garbage strikes and police strikes and everything it was craziness yeah and then of course serial killer starts doing serial killer things and the 
one of the big problems was is that people were starting to lean on the governor and lean on the police and the police finally were like yeah we caught the guy and when any whenever there were questions and they did i mean he did some of them it's not he there was no doubt that he did some of them he admitted it but then there were some other ones where maybe he didn't do those ones interesting hmm. and the whole thing was is this you know son of sam okay so david berkowitz uh, lived in an apartment and it was nearby a family that lived in a house that they were the Carr family john carr and michael carr and michael no, i'm sorry john carr happened to look a lot like these drawings that all these victims were were showing and their father was named sam carr so when he was when the son of Sam was writing all these things, I mean they they police did put this together that son of Sam and these guys were the actual sons of Sam. And the weird thing was though, is that John Carr uh, in 1979, so right after the killings, randomly went to live in North Dakota. And when the police went to do something there, he immediately killed himself, and the police knocked on the door. Uh, the other brother, who's the uh, younger brother, he died in a car accident in 1979 where he was very clearly run off the road. There's a lot of stuff about satanic cults in this. We've talked about how the satanic panic was nothing but a satanic panic in the past on this show. But there were still people that thought they were doing cult stuff. And there is a little area, I think it's called Devil's Cave, in that in that area of the Bronx. And to this day you can still see like uh, pentagrams and satan skulls and crap like that spray painted on the wall and it was very close to his house and that's where these these dudes hung out it's where one of those brothers tried to sacrifice or did sacrifice a dog in there um so it's not like these are like random ideas of like oh yeah these two kids talked to him maybe they were part of it like they were into weird shit and it's possible that they kind of came up with an idea together and then David Berkowitz actually did it, and then the other, and then the brothers possibly helped. There's some really crazy shit in this. Um, when they when they finish the first episode and they kind of catch them, I'm like, shit. There's three more episodes. What the hell? Like, uh, what are they gonna do? Right. How could they? Right. That it, it, yeah. you're only 25 percent done, and you've already caught him. Yeah. So like, they talk a little bit about that. They talk about um, the. They talk about a, a murder uh, that happened at Stanford at a church in Stanford. Uh, of Arliss Perry, and it was an unsolved murder for 40 years. And this David Berkowitz gave a book to somebody and had written something about this murder, how it was part of this a Satan cult thing. I'm like, okay. So eventually they got to the backlog of DNA samples. This murder is uh, horrific, and I didn't know anything about it, but they found the body in a church with a crucifix uh, placed somewhere not so good um, on this woman. And they finally went through the DNA, and they revealed that it was the security guard that found the body that had done it. Um, and that's actually oh, how the... It's a, this is a bit of a spoiler. That's I mean, it's weird spoiling something that actually happened in real life that involves someone's death, but they show that this whole situation led to them actually catching this guy. 
and they show the like them trying to arrest him. I think it was just two years ago. They try to arrest him, and he it's like I'll be out in a second. Then you hear bang, and he kills himself. Yeah. Wait. So um, so how is this murder related to the Sons of Sam? Berkowitz wrote. Berkowitz knew about the murder, and told the police who did it. This is so. And weird. then when this after this guy killed himself, they found. They found the book of the, um, the author that is was trying to track this down. They found his book, like with his stuff. So there was a like when Berkowitz was saying, "I'm friends with a bunch of cult people," they're doing this. He might not have been lying. Now Berkowitz is still alive. Uh, he looks just like this, like old, like Jewish, like accountant now. Um, he's still in prison as he should be. Actually, he's—I guess now he's a Christian accountant because he con- he converted. But um, you know, it's 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 kind of fascinating. It gets a little bit muddled when these all these other connections start happening, mm-hmm. because you know, as a skeptic, you're kind of like, okay, you're giving me a bunch of information. I'm busy trying to piece these things together, and then I'm like, just like you asked, like, how are they connected? Like, there's a lot of little inner connections. Why are they in the Dakotas? Why are they in Stanford? Why are you know, like all this stuff? But it's. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really good. Um, I watched the first one and then had to go go do something, like outside, i.e. walk a puppy. And, like, very rarely do these things get me. And I was looking over my shoulder. Cause huh. of the, and it was the, the freaking picture of this John Carr kid. Because he looks like it's an old black and white picture. He's kind of looking down and away in the picture. And that's, like, the only real picture they have of him. And it's... It's creepy. So, if you're into true crime, you've probably already watched this. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I would suggest you guys, or people especially, even if you just want to see what the the, the craziness of New York in the late 70s, um, it's worth it just for that. You, you mentioned it this week at some point, and I... It's on Netflix, by the way. I don't know if I said yeah, that. I th- yeah, I, I wanted to... I thought about watching it, and I was like, man, I can't do this true crime stuff, because it's so gritty and bizarre like this like to me it's more it's stranger than fiction and i couldn't i really mm-hmm. did i i thought about watching it and i was like oh, man i just can't do this it's yeah, too the show weird well they break down like episode one is the the berkowitz stuff uh, episode two is really get into the john carr stuff and and sam carr and all that uh, episode three is basically the book that mari that mari terry uh rights and some of the Stanford stuff and and some of the uh, the satanic panic type situation and then book, the fourth one is basically the downfall of Maury Terry where he basically gets so obsessed with his stuff and they, they talk about how he was you know a, a smoker and he was never eating healthy and all that stuff and it's and how this whole stuff like came about but also it, it that one also has an interview he finally gets an interview with Berkowitz and he asks him straight up like okay which of these murders did you do and he's like, yeah, I did that one. No, that wasn't me. I did this one. And, like, that's not normal for a serial killer because most serial killers are very narcissistic about it. Like, yeah, I did it. I want to talk about it because a lot of them get off on talking about it. And he was very straight up saying I didn't do some of them. And it was all the ones that they assumed that he didn't, that this guy, without telling him I think you didn't do it, it verified what he was thinking. But you will never know, I guess, until Berkowitz maybe comes out and says it for real. But it's it's interesting. It's 
Um, a little muddled at the end, but if you like true crime, watch it. Let's uh, talk about Jupiter's Legacy, which I have not seen all of yet. I have. So I'm be mad. be gentle. I'm I'm very I'm only on episode like three or four I think. Oh, you're not even that far into it. No. Nah, I... All right. Well, um, I'll give I'll try and give my spoiler free uh, description. Omar, have you seen any of this? Okay, here's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> See what had happened. I was, was ready to go until I saw some of the comments that were in our chat room. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to skip it. <laughs> it seems like it's not very good. Oh, I've enjoyed it. You have enjoyed it? Yeah. I've enjoyed it too, yeah. Okay, am I, was I misunderstanding what I was reading? Uh, you, you were just seeing one person's comment that he preferred uh, Invincible, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Okay, all right. That threw me off big time. Yeah, never ever listen to Jubal's unless he's describing tacos. <laughs> and, and, unless, of course... And, t- and festivals, yeah. <laughs> Unless, of course, you actually don't really want to talk to him if he's uh, into tacos either because he doesn't eat cheese. I'm sorry. True. I can't do this with you. What? <laughs> what did you say? Are you, are you insulting me? <laughs> he, does, he does not eat cheese. Okay. We need yeah. to move on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, sorry. Go ahead, or Go ahead, Rob. It's all right. Um, Jupiter's Legacy is a Netflix series. was released on May 7th of 2021. So, like I said, it's on Netflix. It stars Josh Duhamel, Leslie Bibb, Elena Camporis, Matt Lanter, Andrew Horton, Ben Daniels, Mike Wade, Ian Quinlan, and Tyler Mayne, who I believe was Sabretooth in one of the X-Men movies. Yeah, he was. The synopsis is, the superpowered children of superheroes struggle to live up to the legendary feats of their parents. And my initial thoughts on the series were that it's a little bit darker than what I had expected, but it does very aptly address the superhero ideal of dealing with villains. They've got this whole uh, no-kill, no-government code that they set up when they first founded their organization, and they're now struggling to follow it and to keep new heroes who are who are appearing to keep new heroes you know interested in the code or interested in being heroes because of the code it's because you know being a superhero and not killing anybody is easy when you're just facing off against normal non-superpowered people you don't have to kill them you just overpower them and that's it but what happens when the people you're dealing with are as strong or stronger than you and are bent on killing you and your family and friends. Does does that type of res- of restriction being no kill still hold? Um, what kind of ramifications does uh, putting it out there that killing is an okay method of dealing with your problems? Where I mean, where does it stop? So it's it's a very compelling story. I I am enjoying the shit out of it. I'm very pissed off at how season one ended. It's. I would say it's probably not as not as binge worthy as like a Stranger Things or or a Mandalorian, which you can't binge anyway. But it's it's still 
extremely watchable. I mean, I, I did it in, I did the entire series in probably three sittings. It's like eight episodes and they're like, I don't know, like an hour a piece or so. So I did it in three sittings, but I, I enjoyed it very much. And it does, yeah. it does a lot of hopping around as far as like present, past. Because the, the initial superheroes, not only were they given superpowers, but they were also given um, a, a gift that's like, you know, long life or whatever. Because they were, they were alive in the 1920s. I like they those were, scenes. What's that? I like those 1920s scenes. Yeah, they're, they're, like the, they're, the, they're a nice touch. They're well done for this type of show. They're, they seem fairly realistic. Like the, the dude and his father... And his 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 brother, I guess, just the like you kind of knew it was coming because it was right before the depression and the stock market the stock market crash. Mm-hmm. And like I think that the the jumping off of buildings thing is one hundred percent fiction. If I'm not uh, correct, I don't believe that actually ever happened. What's that? The when the stock market crashed, like I've looked it up, and like there's no actual record record of anyone committing suicide when the stock market crashed. Oh, so that's like, more like lore. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but, like, when they showed that era, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's jumping. So I thought that was interesting. I like – I do like the tone. It, The superheroes are different than your Marvel-type superheroes so far. I don't – I haven't gotten to the part where they have – where they get their powers and stuff. But I, I do – it's it's these are much grander superheroes, it seems like, almost gods. And there's but there's so much of this stuff right now, like the downside of being a superhero. Like the so this isn't like the boys or anything like that. It's close. It's the other side of the same coin of the boys. Interesting. Like it's not over the top like the boys. Okay. It's it's definitely not as dark and evil as the boys. Okay. But it is it is a bit darker than what I had expected being a. Because I, I kind of expected from the description like a, a teenage superhero coming of age, you know, passing the torch kind of thing. Okay, and that's not that quite sense. what we're dealing with. But that's not it, though. Yeah, I do. I do. My child is frantically buying games on iTunes, and I'm getting notifications, which is why you're hearing bings in the background, and I can't uh, stop it. Because uh, it's, for some reason, bypassing my actual volume on my phone. Sorry, listeners. So it's not like there's so much deconstruction going on with superheroes. Invincible, The Boys, this, uh, Brightburn sucked, but it was a thing that happened not too long ago. You know, it's you're, there's a lot of that right now, all at the same time. And I was worried about that because I've read this, I've read the comic of this, um, at least some of it, and I enjoyed it. And it's definitely an interesting take on it's an interesting take on something that they're doing a lot right now. And I do hope this is kind of the last one of these. Uh, even uh, what's the other show we like? Where they just did the the Kennedy assassination thing. Uh, Umbrella Academy, as well. Just kind of these different takes on superheroes. So, you think it's going to get like this this take on it? This style is going to get tired. Is that what is that what you're afraid of? Yeah. But I do, th- I do think it's worth watching, um, even if you're a little exhausted from it. And that's, that's probably why I'm watching it slow. How does this hold up to the comic? It's been a really long time since I read that. Okay. Um, and to be honest, I, it was like one of the last comics I bought before I stopped reading. Not because of it, but 
Um, and I vaguely remember reading it in a car on my lunch break hmm. or dinner break, technically. But okay. so it's uh, I have to go back and find my issue to kind of check it out. But um, the characters, like as soon as I saw the characters, I'm like, oh yeah, these kind of these definitely look like the ones I know. Yeah, so that's that's I think uh, really all we have to say without spoiling anything, right? I I would have liked to have spoiled some, but uh, I'll leave it for you to watch. It, it's definitely very well acted. Um, Josh Duhamel has done an excellent job as the Utopian, and everybody else, all of all of the all of the cast around him as well, have done fantastic jobs. And just you you kind of feel for him because you're. You're like, well, it would just be so much easier to just kill that guy. Kill him. <laughs> but Josh Jamel is the one who's holding on very tightly to the code. And it you kind of see where he's coming from. Because it's that whole where does it stop thing. Right. And as, su- as superheroes, you have to be better. Mm. So. Okay. Okay, well, that was our show. And uh, next week, check us out on Monday, maybe Sunday night. Sometimes I get it out early. Uh, we're going to talk about a movie called My Science Project. Rob picked, Omar squealed like a little, uh, uh, I don't know, girl, school girl. school girl. It's fine. Yeah, a little school girl. He did. He was excited. And uh, I was like, what's that? Um, <laughs> wait, but, so... wait, but you must have seen it. Never seen it. Never heard of it. I don't understand. Ever. I, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm shocked. Yeah. Shocked, I tell you. <laughs> he is shocked. He looks shocked. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to do our Give Me Five question of the week. Now, we have some ways you guys can get in touch with us, and we like when that happens. So, first of all, help want to help the show? You can like, you can subscribe, you can review us on your favorite podcast listening location we're everywhere we're like uh i don't know what's something that's everywhere people always say horse or dog poop but that's like oxygen we're we're everywhere like oxygen so breathe us in Mm. well played sir we're like fresh strawberry preserves smear us on the bread that is your ear i don't know what i'm talking about just (laughs) so write an angry letter to us about all that shit that i just said at give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, give me five pod. You can check us out on Facebook occasionally by searching for the give me five podcast as always spell out five. If you are enjoying this show, I will help you with that spelling F I V E because if you not think we're it, the number five. Yeah. If, if, if you are not enjoying the show, you already know how to spell it because you're smart. Uh, you can also, as I said, leave us reviews. And uh, if you, want to see if you like our super cool logo which i like our super cool logo you can get that on stuff t-shirts cell phone cases uh just things that's uh available at give me five podcast.threadless.com check it out and uh thank you in advance and of course i like to say it thank you for listening sweet dreams everybody
remember when I was a kid and I got glasses, I refused to wear them. Um, mostly because I got my ass beat all the time when I wore them. Well, it's because mm. nerds wear glasses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> by other kids, not by, like, you know, adults or anything. Lies. So I remember that I really you know wanted you to see those glasses, and your mother was like, You nerd! <laughs> <laughs> you nerd! <laughs> and she would, like, tie my shoes together and push me down the stairs. Yeah. I deserved it. <laughs> I've been Love wearing glasses since I was three, but yeah, I get you. <laughs> yeah. 